We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This episode of Veterans Minimum is sponsored by Blue Chew. Legends, let's talk about sex. Remember the days when you were always ready to go? Now you can increase your performance and get those extra confidence strokes in the bedroom. Listen up. BlueChew.com is the place to go. You can take them anytime, day or night, so you can plan ahead or be ready whenever an opportunity arises. BlueChew tablets are made in the U.S. of A. and prepared and shipped directly to your door in a discreet package. I don't know why I keep doing that. I'm an idiot. Blue Chew wants to help you guys have better sex. We want you to have better strokes. Discover your options at BlueChew.com. Chew it and do it. And listeners of Veterans Minimum, head over to Blue Chew right now. Use the promo code VM at checkout and you will receive Blue Chew for free. That is $0. All you'll have to pay is $5 for the shipping. That's BlueChew.com. Promo code is VM to receive your first month free. Visit BlueChew.com for more details and important safety information. And we thank BlueChew for being a sponsor of this podcast. Now let's hit the theme music. Listen, man, I say it all the time, but God, between Blue Chew and the dive into the pool, oh, and the beat drop and the beat drop and you in person on a Monday, let's go recapping the best sport on earth. Let's go on earth. NFL is the best sport on earth. I told you my uh, take over the was it March or April where I said, I don't love football. I love NFL football. I, and you've made me love NFL football more. I'm not even kidding. Like I, I really was tied between like college football and the, the pageantry, which I still love. And mm. I enjoy college football. However, the talent, the scheming, the every week, any team could win. That's important. And that's literally how it's been this year. It's been a lot of, uh, a lot of chaos, but you, you love NFL football. Yeah. 
I can't do college. Now, look, look, let's add context, right? I always like adding context to things. And I think a big reason why is because I grew up in New York City. Mm. We don't really have a college like atmosphere. We don't have a college that we kind of all gravitate to. Mm-hmm. To be honest, everyone in New York City, there's a lot of transplants there. Yeah. So you have a lot of people that went to Texas and LSU. I've told the story many times how I'm an adopted LSU Tigers fan because one one night leaving MSG where we went and saw the Rangers play, my friends and I were in, a, in the city. It was a Saturday. And we're like, yo, we're in the city, bro. Let's just bar hop. And we end up at Legends Bar in Manhattan. Mm-hmm. And it's an LSU alumni bar. We went in there. They're throwing beads. They're, they got the band. They got, it was like, you know, great girls left I and right. I love that. I love you know, that. And it was a good time. And I was like, oh shit, the Giants had just got Odell. So this is 2015-ish. City's popping. City's popping. And Odell's the man. And I'm just saying to myself, like, yo, I'm down with LSU. So when I say, because I get a lot of shit for this, because I, I don't like college sports. I think the 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 play is bad. I think, you know, that that free safety is probably going to be an accountant one day. Like, yeah, and he's yeah, going to definitely work at enterprise. Yeah. Yeah. There's nothing yes. wrong with that. Listen, I flipped eggs for the longest time, bro. You got to do yeah. what you got to do to get by. But for me, I'd rather see top of the food chain kind of stuff. My friends that are wrestling fans, they always will send me like these like indie wrestlers or indie shows. I'm like, bro, if it's not me, if it's not WWE, it ain't for me. <laughs> so I'm one of those guys, but you, it's a little different because your brother yeah, I'm forced to watch it. I'm here, Nick. I really think this is why you should fall in love with college football. So predictable, bro. Yeah. So fucking stupidly predictable. And a lot of people say this about college basketball too. And I get it now. And I used to always just be like, yeah, I get that, you know, 18 to 22 year olds are very like sporadic people, emotional when things aren't going well and they're off the field or off the court life, like things are bad. However, in football, what's the most important position? The quarterback. That's all you need to know. Legitimately, if you know that a quarterback is garbage, like UNLV has had a very, very bad quarterback run for the last 10 years. We, they all of a sudden just got a new quarterback. Boom. They've won seven games this year. Hmm. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. But then I watched my brother play Hawaii this past weekend and their quarterback, horrible, horrible. And there was a 10 and a half point spread. San Jose State wins 35-0. So I'm telling you, dude, it's super easy to like find just certain teams. And I'm not saying you have to bet all of college football, but just find a couple of teams that have a really shitty quarterback and just bet the other side the entire year. I mean, bro, I feel like that's a perfect segue into today's episode to get going with that and just to discuss how. You know, watching the games yesterday, a couple quarterbacks went down or a couple quarterbacks weren't starting. And if that didn't make you realize why some dudes make $40, $50 million a year, I don't know what will. Because, dude, when there's bad quarterback play, it's an awful watch. Mm -hmm. It is bad. It's not fun. It's predictable. It's boring. It's frustrating. Like the Giants had negative passing yards, which is like, bro, how do how does that happen nowadays? Like that's that's like an impossible feat. Uh yeah. Six for fourteen, the Giants were. And oof. And just like, you know, Kirk Cousins went out with the Achilles. And I know we're bouncing around a lot, but uh, I'll pivot it back to where we're going with this. Kirk Cousins tears his Achilles. 
And he's a very polarizing player where he gets a lot of shit for years. He got shit when he was in Washington because he was getting franchise tagged year after year. And, you know, good for him. That's a great business move because he made more money in two years than like Eli Manning made up until his last contract. Like there were these numbers that were insane to take in. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he, he signs that contract with Minnesota. He's on a contract year with Minnesota now. And I feel like he was such a big winner of the quarterback show on Netflix that we were talking about. Oh, a hundred percent. So many people became Kirk fans. Mm -hmm. And now Minnesota, for those of you that are Vikings fans that didn't like Kirk Cousins, for those of you that are watchers of the NFL that don't like Kirk Cousins, think he's overrated, think he sucks, whatever it might be. You know what Minnesota's doing now, bro? They're kind of looking towards 2024 because it's a wrap. It is unless they make a move that I think would greatly benefit the Saints. You want to get rid of Winston. This is the time. Yeah. I mean, his his stock is rising by standing on the sideline, believe it or not. Sometimes like that, like, oh my gosh, we haven't seen Jameis Winston play in three years. Is he actually what he should have been if he was starting, which could have been a, a, a quarterback capable of putting up 30 touchdowns a year? Now, they're scrambling. Who is their backup quarterback? Do you know? Sean Mannion. Mm. He like, I think he played for the Saints also briefly. He was on the Saints, like the backup for Breeze. Probably like a third string. Yeah, like back back then. But, you know, they Kellen Mond was someone that they had drafted a couple of years ago. I don't even know if he's still on the team, but mm-hmm. that's the thing where Kirk Cousins, he gets slandered, but what are the other options? There you aren't know, any. You know, this is the first time Kirk Cousins is going to miss a game because of injury in his 12 years of playing. Yeah, I saw that too. The only time he missed a game was because of uh, COVID during yeah. the pandemic. So he's tough, man. He made it on the the Gridiron Junkies thumbnail for my recap episode last night. He's on the thumbnail for this one too. Boom. But he's in the, the cart. Yeah. It's a tough. Head down. Mm. Hiding the tears. I mean, it's, you just know, right? Mm. Everyone's tearing their ACL these days, bro. That and Achilles, right? That, yeah. That's what he tore. But yeah. It's, it's such, it's so weird. Cause like you can't blame the turf on that one. No. So I have a physical therapy 3.0 guy who's been telling me that it's neither the grass nor the turf. It's just that these guys do too much strength training and not enough stabilizing. And you know, you, you're always trained in the NFL to be extremely explosive, but you got to build like the foundational stuff. I my friends is not the one talking about this. He is. So like, I have to, you know, agree and keep it pushing, but maybe that's it. You know, that maybe these, these strength trainers in the NFL are overlooking that or, you know, like how Patrick Mahomes has his own strength and conditioning coach from the age of, you know, 13 years old. So you have like outside counsel on some of those things, but lots of, uh, lots of quarterbacks, shuffling around the league. Do you want to stay on the topic of quarterbacks? Yeah, I feel like we have to because so many of them went down yesterday or so many of them are battling through injury. Mm. Like, dude, shout out to shout out to Jerry, my mm. coach, Jerry Shapiro, and myself, the video that we shot, the Definitely. first edition of hashtag vlog boys. 
for Veterans Minimum, we went and we broke down how Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu has helped Tua and the Dolphins be successful. If you guys haven't checked out that video, it's on the YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Veterans Minimum. We got really good feedback. A lot of people reposted it. And I appreciate everyone that reshared it, reposted it, the whole nine. And <clears throat> I know it's a good video when my boys watch it and like hit me up about it. Like a lot like of my that. friends, you know, because like when you grow up with people, mm -hmm. they kind of like, not that they don't support, but they don't listen to everything. They don't watch everything. But for them to go, they're like, yo, that was some of your best work. And the reason why I'm bringing this up is Brock Purdy got slammed on his head almost exactly the same way Tua did Thursday night football against the Bengals last year. Mm. The one where his hands did the thing. He was like throwing up gang signs kind of looked like. Yes. Exact same hit. And again, all of these hits on the quarterback could be avoided. If you just, if you do one week of jujitsu training, you're just going to learn how to, how to fall. Yeah. Wrestlers learn how to fall. It's like a flat back drop. Yes. Right. The, you're smacking the mat. People smacking the mat. Hey, spoilers. Go watch the video. Smack the mat. Yeah. Saves you. And, and you tuck your chin in. Right. And like Brock Purdy got hurt yesterday. He had concussion issues. Like bobblehead. And then he got hurt yesterday too. And it's just something that could be avoidable. And that was the concept of that video that we shot. I do want to give a shout out to the people in the stream right now. Derek Platy says, Ursalita. Ursalita hit last week. We said the Cardinals. Cardinals plus nine and a half. Look. I wasn't even sweating it, bro. You knew that shit was coming. Bro, how crazy is that? You know how good? Can I get an ISO on this one? Go. <clears throat> Do you know how good it felt to have that be on my side for once? Really? Yeah, dude. There's been so many times, bro, where I'm the one that bet Baltimore and some like funky whack shit happens. Got you. And I end up not getting the cover. Like mm -hmm. this probably happened to people that bet the Niners earlier this year with Sean McVay in the field goal, right? Yep. So for me to be on the receiving side of it and for it to be Ursulita yes. plus nine and a half, I was like, oh, that was the right side all along. Dog, of course. But tell me you don't see backdoors cut. Backdoor covers coming a mile away. Like, oh, yeah. You can oh, just tell the flow of the game. You can tell that the Ravens were like, okay, we're done showing our offensive dominance. Like, we're going to run some basic-ass plays. We're yeah. going to run out time on the clock. But we're going to give the Cardinals a chance. The moment that Josh Dobbs gets the two-point conversion and then they call the holding, I was miserable. I was like, Fuck, they're not going to get it. Mm. And then they end up not getting it, which, by the way, they throw, like, a screen pass. Kind of, no, it was like a slant. To Marquise Brown, three yards past the line of scrimmage. The ball got moved back to the 15. You're like, bro, what are we doing? Can we at least throw it into the end zone? Can we at least <laughs> just throw it into the end zone and give this guy a chance? And then they recover the onside kick. Yep. And when they recovered the onside kick, you just knew that they were going to go in there and cover. Oh, like yeah. you just knew, right? Yep. Yep. So it was, it was cool. Uh, shout out to everyone that, that mentioned that. And the discord was on fire yesterday because everyone's like, Bro, they're not going to cover. And then they're like, oh, shit. So shout out to everyone in the Discord. And then Tristan Ratzlaff says, I don't think anyone really hates Kirk. It's just he doesn't make the play to win meaningful games. And people, and it, it ir irritates people because he can make those plays. Yeah. Like we, we joke around about like the check down. Yeah. Right. Fourth and eight, he checks it down to TJ Hawkinson to end the playoff game. Yeah. So, yeah, it's been a, it was a weird week. It was a weird week. Um, how'd you feel about the officiating in week eight? I feel like that was a big talking point. 
I mean, it's it's going to continue to grow. The biggest thing that I saw was what Deontay Johnson had to say mm. about the referees. And that clip, uh, as it's happening, I don't know if you've seen it yet. Have you seen the Deontay Johnson rant? No, but I, I heard that he, I heard what he said. I just like, like I read what he said. I got you, say. got you. So you have to watch the video and then watch the way this reporter in the back as he's holding his mic in, you know, like at the, at the locker. And w- as soon as he said, man, I don't know how much they pay these referees, but it must've been a lot. You could see the reporter go <clears throat> like he knew it, bro. Like immediately as it was said, you could see this reporter go, I got a clip hundred percent or at least a really good article. Um, how did I feel the officiating went? I don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm tired of like having to analyze it. I know it's going to come down to a couple of big calls. Nothing ruined, nothing like rubbed me the wrong way this weekend. So that's why for me, it was good. It was good. What about you? Did you get, were you on the wrong end of some like pass interference? They keep doing the thing where they throw the ball, you know, five yards short and the receiver turns around and the DB like runs into him. And it's a PI every time. That's a literal play in NFL playbooks now. Yeah, you shouldn't be rewarded for a shitty play. Like, that's a shitty throw. Oh, yeah. But it gets thrown all the time. I think the worst ones are the ones where the ball lands past the yellow the yellow line, which a lot of people don't even know about the yellow line. That's the line where media and photographers and sideline passes, you're not allowed to cross that. Yeah. So it's like the white cho- uh, the white paint where it's like the no stand zone and then mm-hmm. it's the coaches and the coaching staff. And then behind that is the yellow line. Like the Colts game a couple of weeks ago against the Browns, the ball literally almost hit the like stands and they threw a flag. It's like, bro, those are the worst penalties. Yeah. I don't know how you fix it. I don't know how you combat that, but it's always been something that I find hilarious. You, you need one thing to manipulate the game. Yeah. I mean, tell me, Nick, that I, I, you, we used to think it was conspiracy, or at least I felt at a point in time that, oh, the referees, they're in on it. And it's like, it's at a grand scale that we'll never be able to like unveil everything. Is this just going to be something that we talk about for the rest of our lives? Probably. Just to like make us feel better. Like, yeah. because it can't be all of them, but there's things like those pass interference plays where you're like, damn, man. They get the ball at the one-yard line. That's where the NFL has it all backwards. Maybe if the NFL changed their pass interference rules to 15 yards from where the ball was snapped. So, like in college. Yeah, instead of a spot foul. So, I don't... And this is where it gets tricky because I've thought about this before because I agree with you. We saw the Ravens win a Super Bowl with Joe Flacco where it was drop back on third and 12, throw it up to Torrey Smith or Jacoby Jones. Jacoby Ford. Who was it? Jacoby? I think it was Jones. Yeah, Jones. Because he hosted the kick return in the Super Bowl. And it was, all right, I'm going to underthrow this ball and get a PI. And then it's first and goal at the one. I don't know what the right answer is, but if if I'm a DB and I know that a pass interference is only going to be 15 yards from the line of scrimmage. I'm going to do it every play. I'm going to do it every play. Yeah. Where if you know that it's a spot foul like it is, maybe you're not. But again, it's interesting. It's subjective. And I it's, think they also, it leads to a lot more points mm. and that's a plus for the NFL because points are hard to come by in the NFL. So yeah. like if you can pull one of those off, I guess, I guess you deserve it. But yeah, nothing, nothing really stood out to me other than those comments that he made. Um, I wonder how big his fine's going to be. 
Are we talking upwards of like 10,000 for saying yeah, the referees are you, getting paid? You can't say anything about officiating in any sport. You'll get fined. You'll get penalized. You'll get suspended, whatever it might be. But it's just, it's just always going to happen. And you know how I feel. I don't, I don't like blaming the referees. I feel like you should take care of business. So then it's out of the referee's hands. Can I tell you something that my team did yesterday that for all football really drives me crazy? Hit me with it. Okay. The New York Giants were playing the Jets. The Giants are up three points and they have the ball. And it's like fourth and one, fourth and two. And they elect to kick a field goal. Mm. They missed the field goal. And even, bro, George, even if he made the field goal, this, this missionary football that teams play drives me crazy. And what I mean by that is, even if you hit the field goal, bro, the other team still has a chance to win the game. Correct. Because it's still going to be one possession and the game doesn't end. You know what ends the game? If you get that first down. Do you follow what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So why are teams doing this? Bro, go for it. You have your stud running back. And I don't even care that the other team knows that you're running the ball anyway because Tommy DeVito came in because you were running it into 10-man fronts anyway the whole (laughs) game. So what difference is one play going to make? But this idea that you Uh, go to kick the field goal, the guy misses, mm -hmm. and then Zach Wilson has to drive the rest of the field to go and kick the field goal. Bro, he would have had to do that if he got stopped on that anyway. Yeah. So why not run and actually win the game as opposed to, oh, I'm going to kick the field goal. Now I'm up six. Guess what? They still have about a minute to go to mm-hmm. tie it and then kick the field goal, the, the PAT to win the game. It bothers me. And this isn't even like armchair quarterbacking. I've been talking about this shit since Aaron Rodgers was on the Packers losing all those playoff games where... He would tie games, send them to overtime, and then he'd lose the coin toss, and then he wouldn't get the ball back, and then he'd be an L on his playoff record. Right. And he's like 8-8 eight and eight in the playoffs. But it's like, yeah, bro, four of his losses, he didn't touch the ball in overtime, and all four of those times, he sent the game to overtime. So I would say, yo, it's 29-28. I just scored the touchdown. Why not go for two when I have Aaron Rodgers? Yep. I've always felt this way. If yep. you have a chance to win the game, go win the game. And it, and it pissed me off that the Giants did that. It pisses me off when I see teams do that. It's still going to be a one-possession game. Now, if the Giants were up six, the Giants were up seven. Correct. The Giants are up five. Kick the field goal because then it could only be tied. Correct. That's my Or you go up that. two possessions. Yes. Or no. you go up two possessions. But the way you described it, missionary football. Yeah. It's very much. I, I, it's just being safe. It's Amish football. It's frustrating football. That's what it is. Like, yeah. Bro, go and be aggressive. You're also, in, in this case with the Giants, bro, you're two and six. You're two and five at that point. You guys are struggling. And this is the battle of the city. Ah, like, whatever. Not, I mean, like, bro, necessarily, the Giants are so, Giants and the, the fans are so down bad that, like, none of my boys hit me up to troll me. No. No they're... one hit me up during the week. I kept asking on Twitter. To all my friends back home and even the beat riders, like, bro, there's no buzz. There's no excitement. And this is what happens when one team is two and five and the other team is three and three. And it was a shitty day. It, it was raining. I mean, the the PAT was 
freaking that to win the game. I thought he was going to miss it, bro. I really thought that game was going to end in a tie. Bro, hold on. You you didn't even you didn't even address the the most fuckery. 15 combined punts in the first half. Oof. The most since 1991. <laughs> 24 total punts in the game were more than the 23 total points in the game. That's insane. That hasn't happened in 45 years. There were zero third down conversions in the first half, 0 for 18. And the Jets, the Jets didn't convert one until 219 of the fourth quarter. The Giants had a total seven passing yards of six completions. And if it wasn't for Bryce Young making that one play on that long touchdown, it's a field goal fest. What a shit game. I was hoping it ends in a tie. It it made, it, it felt like a tie the entire way through. Hey, Zach Wilson's got a little bit of moxie. Yo, he makes like one to two throws a game. So you're like, oh, okay. I right? see why. Right. But then he also makes like nine where you're like, ugh. Mm-hmm. I think he also um still can look like a, a deer in headlights in the pocket sometimes. Yeah. And he just takes like sacks when I know he's got a little bit of little bit of go in him, but I don't think he like embraces it. Yeah. I think Aaron Rodgers told him, hey, you keep it in the pocket there, young buck. I want to mention a a couple of things from a betting perspective from this week. Last week, we mentioned Miami minus nine and a half. We mentioned the Cardinals plus nine. We mentioned the Bengals on the money line. Mm -hmm. We mentioned the Bengals with the points. We still got the Lions tonight pending minus nine. We got in the contest, Kenny and I, Kenny's going to join us in a little bit. Kenny and I are three and one in the contest. We got the Lions minus nine. Uh, Now it's minus seven. Closing line value is not that exciting, but... Like the Dolphins, Mm -hmm. I love backing teams that lose the week before. If we think they're a good team, playing a team that sort of overachieved the week before, Mm -hmm. right? Pat's coming off that monster win against the Bills. Dolphins losing to Philly on Sunday Night Football. It was a perfect storm. Yep. And Tyreek Hill goes over 1,000 yards. First time ever done in the Super Bowl era in the first eight games. Yeah. On pace for 2000. And he said it in the postgame press conference too. He's like, I know, I know which number I'm trying to hit. He said it in the beginning of the year too. He said he's going to go for 2K. And I think he has it like McDaniels is just a, a record breaker himself. You know, like, have you ever played Madden? Do you play Madden? Dude, I used to love Madden and then uh, I didn't play it for like four years. And then when I started playing it again, it looked like I've never played this game. And I'm one of those guys where like, if I'm really bad at a game, I don't want to waste people's time. Got it. I don't play it. Now, if you want to play me in FIFA. I get you. Send location, brother. All right. All right. Well, I would, I was going to bring up is there's a team on Madden, uh, Superstar KO that's called the Record Breakers. Mm-hmm. And Sean McVay is the head coach for that team. Okay. And this year's version of it, I would imagine it's Mike McDaniels. I don't play the game either, but I was just saying, Mike McDaniels definitely wants this. Probably wants it more than Tyreek does. I mean, honest. it's a good feather on his cap, right? Yeah. If that happens. Oh, yeah. And th- so they bounce back, right? But, mm-hmm. you know, the, the talk of the town this week is going to be Cincinnati. Oh, yeah. What do you think of that game yesterday? I mean, this is a game where you... It, for a long time, it just felt like, all right, who's going to get the ball last? That's who's going to win. Until that whole fiasco happened where, I mean, Brock Purdy throws a pretty bad interception. 
like it's it's textbook uh to to say that when you're rolling out to the right, like the worst thing you can do as a quarterback is to throw it like back across the middle. And that's exactly what he did. And it got, you know, telegraphed. So from that point on, the the Bengals just took advantage of their opportunity, but they're getting hot at the right time, Nick. You told me something, I bet you placed before this, that I feel is is perfect. It's Cincinnati Bengals right now looked and here's the thing that sold me, Nick. Joe Burrow getting loose early in the game on third downs, feeling the pressure, hitting his back foot and taking off and getting like 12, 15 yards, not, uh, not sliding necessarily either. He was like going for, I think sometimes sliding can uh, maybe might hurt him a little bit more than just actually like lunging forward. I don't know, but he looked good. Yeah. I think that's the biggest takeaway. He looked good. I mentioned on the show last week, how, the three bets that I made were Chiefs Eagles to be the Super Bowl plus 850, Eagles Ravens to be the Super Bowl plus 2000, and Eagles Bengals to be the Super Bowl 42 to 1. Mm. I bet the Eagle, I bet, excuse me, I bet the Bengals prior to the game at 28 to 1, and then I doubled down this morning at 18 to 1. Mm. And guess what? They were my preseason future ticket also at 10 to 1. The biggest takeaway, though, Burrow looks like Burrow. That's it. And the bye week was perfect Mm -hmm. because him running around, he carved up their defense, too. Like, a lot of people are blaming Brock Purdy, and rightfully so. Like, Brock, it seems like the book might be out on Brock. Take away his first read. He don't have Debo. He needs everything to be perfect. But we've also established that that's the case with him. He needs yeah. everything to be perfect. We yep. get that. But the thing that I would be concerned about is the defense allowed a season worth 31 points at home. They lose three in a row. Now, the Niners have a bye week. So that's coming at a good time for them. Yep. But, dude, this guy gets no love. Hendrickson. They, oh, yeah. They got Trey him from Hendrickson. your Saints. Yeah. He's been an absolute stud from them from day one. That's what happens when Trent Williams isn't playing. Oh boy, did they pick on that left side? Yeah, no, Dude. you're right too. But that's what. But going back to yeah. Brock, he needs everything to be perfect. Boom. He needs everything to be perfect. And look, that's it's not really a knock on him. I think a lot of players. Dude, if you take yeah, yeah, you know, if you take the left tackle and AJ Brown off the Eagles. Hertz is probably going to struggle a little bit. A hundred percent. Right. Or like Lane Johnson, who Lane Johnson, the right tackle, when he's in the lineup, they're like 80% win rate. When he's not in the lineup, they're like 500. Right. So yeah, you take away someone's number one weapon and their left tackle or right tackle, it's going to, it's going to hurt you. So it's not a knock on Brock Purdy. I think this is more of a, holy shit. This is what we thought the Bengals were going to look like. Lou, uh, and Arumo, mm. the second coolest thing to come out of Staten Island, number one being the Wu-Tang Clan. <laughs> I mean, talk about a guy who extra time to prepare. We've seen him shut down Josh Allen. We've seen him shut down Pat Mahomes many times. And maybe shut down is the wrong term, but he's done a great job against these guys where now he had extra time to prepare for Brock Purdy in this offense. I think that's exactly what you saw. And dude, Burrow was just... Picking these dudes up. 
part. Yeah. That's my favorite version of Joe Burrow. And yo, there's no wrong answers. Yeah. And like, dude, look. Three touchdowns to three different receivers. Mm. And 28 of 32. This is probably the a top, not probably, it's definitely a top five defense. Oh, yeah. And they're on the road. They're coming off back-to-back losses. And look, I'll be honest. I said this on this show, too. I was on the Bengals. We put the Bengals in the circuit contest. I bet them. But this would have been a clear the account on the Bengals if it wasn't for the Niners coming off two straight losses. I thought this could be a bounce back for them also. Yeah. So did I still bet it? Yeah, but it wasn't like a five-unit play. It was like one, you know, like my Mm -hmm. standard bet where – if it wasn't for the Niners being on that two-game losing streak, I would have felt as good about the Bengals that I did against Buffalo versus Miami, mm-hmm. Eagles versus Miami. Like, the spots were just so good. And they're a team, man, where they were my Super Bowl pick at the start of the year. And if you guys remember the preview show, I did not pick them to win the division because they don't give a fuck where they're going to go play, bro. Right? They're battle-tested. If you could go into Kansas City... And go step for step with Mahomes, play for play with Mahomes. You could go anywhere, bro. Mm-hmm. Arrowhead is a hard place to play in January. So for them, they're like, oh, we're going to go up to Buffalo. They went up to Buffalo in the snow. Yeah. Dominated them. Like, so they don't care. And I prefer them sort of, not that they're under the radar, but having to go on the road in the playoffs, I think yes. is, is going to be better suited for them. I mean, you you saw it though. Like you can just read those numbers that you listed off. I got them at ten to one before the season. They were at twenty eight to one before the game. Now down to eighteen to one. Correct. Yeah, yeah. Once you start to see the numbers flow like that, doesn't that just kind of like make you feel a little bit better? Like your your heart, it, it isn't like palpitating. Like holy shit! Like I'm, I'm way off on this. They they've put your mind at ease. Joe Mixon is a huge component to that team. And he was playing in his hometown. Um, that that is a place where he's always played well. And uh, yeah, dude, you, I'm I'm happy that you're on them well, because they're for real. Yeah, look, he had a season high, 87 rushing yards. It's obvious that Burrow is the guy. We all know that. Mm-hmm. But also, look, the Bengals, the Bengals, the last couple of years, bro, they start off September slow. 0-2 back-to-back years. He's never had a real off-season. Yeah. Uh, sorry, not off-season, training camp. Right. Right. He's coming off ACL surgery the one year. Last year, he had like an appendix or something, like an ab, something. He was yeah, appendectomy comp- or something. Yeah, he was compromised. And then this year, he has the calf. So, yeah, maybe the Bengals are the first couple of weeks are kind of just going through it. And now you're seeing like, yo, he's healthy. bro. And yeah, immediately, we- he's like running and shit. So immediately it shows you that I mean, yeah, yeah. That is a a great sign, a quarterback that's moving in the right direction. I know uh, they played on Thursday night, but did you see Josh Allen come out for a couple of plays in the second quarter of that Thursday night game? Man, if the Bills lose him, they're done. Oh, yeah, they're toast. Oh, my God. But again, a lot of teams are toast if they lose their guy. But I think think him and Burrow might be the most... Most valuable quarterback to their system. I feel like I'm hard s- to replicate. Okay, because okay, let me give you an example. You you may not put Patrick Mahomes in this because you have an Andy Reid system that could you can kind of 
placeholder yeah. anybody in there and it kind of just works. I don't want to downplay anybody because I feel like Lamar, it you applies to a, Lamar. It applies to maybe Jalen Hurts. So I don't want to, but I, but those guys are in that conversation. A hundred percent. I see where you're going with it. And Josh Allen, look, they're playing each other this week. Yes. It's kind of weird. It's a night game. <sighs> they're, they're just setting the stage just like, uh, why do you say it's weird though? Damar Hamlin, Monday Night Football last year, night game, it. night vibes. I don't know. It's just weird. But I'm glad that they gave us a banger of a game for Sunday Night Football. And not that... uh, Not Bears Chargers, which I watched <sighs> a couple of minutes of it. Did you bet uh, the Tyson Bajan over one interception? No, but I did, I, did bet, I did bet the Bears plus nine and a half because the Chargers always Same. play dumb games. Same. So I was just Dude, like, I was sold. That was my handicap. I tweeted it out. I'm like, yo, I'm taking the Bears plus nine and a half. I'm going to throw like 25 bucks on it only because the Chargers always play dumb games. And that's what's so frustrating about the Chargers because I went back and I was watching some of the highlights on the NFL game pass. And um, it's like, bro, that's what it should always look like. Like Herbert was like 13 to 13 to start the game. Mm-hmm. Like it's so frustrating. But again, they, I don't want to get sucked back in to the Chargers. Cause yeah, you don't, know, don't let them, Nick. Nah, hey, I'm hey, not. Yeah, yeah. You motherfuckers aren't fooling us. Yeah, Boy, we're not letting that happen. You guys aren't fooling us. We're not letting that happen. No. But that's what it should look like where you should be able to handle business against a team with a backup quarterback going on the road into your building. And that's exactly what happened. Like he was, he was perfect mm-hmm. the first like quarter and a half and Eckler got going. He was finally healthy. And that was a big part of their offense the last couple of years, rightfully so. So I think it was fine. What happened with the chargers? The, the game I do want to talk to you about. Yes. Broncos finally put an end to the Mahomes run. They finally beat the Chiefs for the first time since like 2016. I think they had lost like 15 straight games. Yeah. Yep. Um, once again, guys, do not parlay big favorites in the NFL. Funky shit always happens. Oh, yes. I had a friend of mine send me their ticket. It was the Eagles. It was the Cowboys and it was the Chiefs. He's like, yo, what do you think of this? I'm like, ah, it should hit. Right. Everyone's a seven or more point favorite. But then the moment that game starts... And they flash the graphic that says that Mahomes hasn't won, hasn't lost a road divisional game in his career. Uh, uh-oh. <laughs> they just played 11 days ago. Yeah. played on Thursday. That's Which is another big... thing. Do you think that plays a role into it? Oh, Like yes. he just played them a couple of weeks ago. Like oh, I, yeah. I hated and I still hate to this day when like the Giants, last year the Giants had a spot where they played Washington. Mm-hmm. Then Washington went on a bye and then played the Giants off the bye. Oh my God. Like that drove me crazy. And then I think the Giants like won that game. Then they tied. It was like something like that last year. Yeah. But I don't like, I think that's a terrible scheduling flaw because you allow not much can change, right? Like let's go to Patriots Dolphins, right? They played each other week two or three, and then they played each other in week eight. That is a little bit more reasonable to me because also like Judon isn't there now. Christian Gonzalez isn't there now. Yeah. A couple things change. They get Jalen Ramsey. Right. They get Jalen Ramsey back. Uh, I do not like it. Uh, However, this is something that the NFL should possibly look into. Having a series is actually pretty dope. And I think that's why it feels so weird to us right now. 
But in literally every other sport, teams play each other on back-to-back nights and it's no big deal. When it happens in the NBA in the regular season, it's a little bit weird. Um, or where they'll play and then they'll have to travel to the other team's home arena. But the Broncos played them tough in the first game. It was 18-9, to if I'm not mistaken. And then this game ends up 24-9 to in their favor. So you knew it was going to happen eventually. And this is one of those wins that Sean Payton knows will extend uh, or, or keep his job. You know what I mean? I feel he's way less on the hot seat now after doing that. And uh, you know who I think is really lighting a fire underneath the Broncos' ass is Steve Smith. Because Jerry Judy has been playing nuts these past couple of weeks. Oh, my God. I spit everywhere. That was gross as shit. Fire. Yeah, it was. You're, you're fired up, bro. You're passionate. Steve, Steve Smith. You're passionate. You know what else has happened in Denver? Their defense is playing a lot better, too. Their defense True. is looking the last couple of weeks like the True. defense we thought they would be coming into the year. My question to you. I think this loss for Kansas City, and I don't want to overreact because we do that a lot. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to say that, oh, shit has hit the fan for Kansas City and they're toast. However, I think it's becoming more and more apparent that if Kelsey isn't running wild, there's not another player out there that can make plays from Mahomes. Mm. And Sky Moore would have drop. Miko Hardman with the fumble. Tony, like, whatever. We know about Tony, man. We right. saw him for two and a half years with the Giants. Like, we know what the book is with him. I think the issue with Kansas City, George, is that they need they need to make a move at the deadline, bro. And the deadline is tomorrow or today, depending on when you're listening to this. Uh, Tuesday at 4 o'clock Eastern time is the trade deadline. And they have to bring in, they have to make a move for a wide receiver because I think the the story on the Chiefs now is, yo, take away 87. Mm-hmm. If Taylor Swift isn't in the crowd, it's a huge edge. Have you seen the numbers? Yeah, it's kind he of... He averages like 60 more yards... It's astronomical. ...when she's in attendance and when, when she's not. And then, shout out to the Broncos fans, trolling. Oh, the playing Shake It Off after the game ends? Oh, dude, yeah. I love that. That was good. I love that. Hey, if you want to showcase everything, you got to deal with those too. Oh, yeah. You know? And that's what they did in Denver. So, to me, what do you think about that? Where they have to do something at wide receiver because if Kelsey isn't going absolutely bananas... Mm-hmm. they're in trouble, bro. There's no one else that can make plays for them. I'm just trying to think because there's no wrong answers into finding a person that can fit into this system. Uh, you saw Tom Brady do this for many, 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 many years where he just kind of makes do with the pieces that he has. Uh, I'm trying to think who would be willing to give up a receiver because is DeAndre Hopkins possibly on the on the chopping block in Tennessee? I don't think so now after this whole Will Levis thing. There, there was not a worse week for Will Levis to go off because everybody thought that the Titans were imploding and that everyone was going to be available. But in the same week, the GM said, nope, nobody's going anywhere and we're keeping him. So when we look at a receiver, though, that can go to the Chiefs, I'd hate to say somebody from the Saints, but the Saints have a lot of options. And I don't know if the Saints can maybe get some picks for like a Rashid, uh, Rashid Shahid, maybe even Chris Olave, because Shahid has stepped up into such a big role that I think, you know, as long as we have two really good pieces, that we can get rid of them. Mm. But I don't know. 
Well, what sucks is that the NFC is so bad. The NFC South is allergic to touchdowns. But the NFC as a whole is so bad that the New York Giants are only a game and a half back of the seventh <laughs> seed. And, and it's, that's, how, oh, shit. that's how bad it is. Because, like, dude, look, right? NFC, you got the Eagles, 7-1. and one. Mm-hmm. You got the Seattle Seahawks, 5-2. and two. The Lions, 5-2, and two, pending Monday Night Football, which is about to kick off any minute now at the time of recording. You got the Falcons, 4-4. Four and four. Then you got the Cowboys and the Niners at 5-2 and two and 5-3. and three. Now listen to the rest of this. Four wins for your Saints your, and the Vikings. Mm-hmm. But we could kind of cross off the Vikings now without Kirk. Yeah. Okay. Then you got the Bucks, Rams, Commanders, all with three wins. Then you got the Packers, Bears, and Giants, all with two wins. Those teams are a game and a half back of the seventh seed. That's awesome. It's dope. Yeah, it's dope that like maybe seven I, and 10 can make the seventh seed and then get absolutely pummeled when they got to go into like San Francisco or true. Detroit in the first round. But why I'm saying this is because you still have a chance in the NFC. Mm-hmm. And like the Titans, they're three and four. They would be sellers, but then Will Levis goes out there and has a monster game. Like the Titans offense has, hasn't looked like this under variable ever. Like, Ever. yo, he, he kind of throws a pretty dope deep ball. No, not only that, Nick, but it's just the fact that they haven't scored 28 points since 2021. They haven't scored 28 points since 2021. And then the young rookie comes in and slings it. Mm. Man, it's disappointing to see that, you know, they've, they started off the year, year with Tannehill. I was in the mindset of, you got to move on from him. You got to start Malik Willis. And then once Malik Willis pan, didn't pan out, then it should have been Levis a lot sooner. And uh, do you th- I, I think next week I will for sure bet on him to throw two interceptions. They play Thursday against the Steelers. Oh, um, he's throwing two picks. I'm clearing the account on the Steelers. Two picks? I don't know about the two picks, but oh, Steelers coming off a loss. Some. Short week. Yeah. Undervalued, rookie on the road. What's frustrating to me, if you're a Titans fan, yeah, it's the same shit that when the Chargers were starting Tyrod Taylor and they weren't starting Justin Herbert. It's like, bro, how can you see this dude in practice every day and yep. not at least just be like, yo, you know, you're a rookie. Go out there and fuck it up. Right. Go out there and sling. Go out there and try. As opposed to Ryan Tannehill. Yeah. And like Malik Willis, who you saw for a year. I think. Bro, if you can't pass more than 50 (laughs) yards, if you can't pass more than 50 yards in an NFL game, I don't think you should be playing in the league. Bold statement. Like last year, remember when they took the Chiefs to overtime? And like Malik Willis had nine pass attempts, I think it was. Yeah. Something ridiculous. It was definitely a late in the season. Derrick Henry doing everything. I think I remember that game. Uh. But Malik will, or I mean, uh, Will Levis, DeAndre Hopkins, like, has to be way happier, right? Does that, like, keep him an extra year longer? Is he a part of your grand plans of possibly winning a Super Bowl? Because remember, every team, that's, uh, that's their goal at the end of the year, no matter how poorly they construct themselves. They were really hopeful on him, but they knew going into it, they have nobody to give it to him. And, this will probably extend that that lifespan. 
Because, I mean, shit, dude, you brought up the Chiefs needing a receiver. We are, and in this show last week, we were probably thinking D Hop might go somewhere. Yeah. You know? Yeah, it sucks, man. If you're D Hop, I, I would love to see him on a team like that. But again, I don't know. I don't know what happens now because they got rid of Bayard last week and then Derrick Henry. Yo, did you see that tweet? Mm. How uh, the Ravens called the Titans about Derrick Henry? No. And we had talked about it last week where I was like, yo, bro, close your eyes and imagine Derrick Henry as a Raven. And I said, boy. Yeah. And then Gus Edwards goes out there and scores multiple touchdowns. Don't which, by the way, Gus Edwards, third all-time rushing leader for the for the Ravens. Shut the fuck up. So random, right? Dude has just been a backup, just getting carries, getting carries, going about his business. Nick. And now he's third all-time rushing. Wow. The Ravens have not. I'm trying to think. Is Ray Rice number two? Oh, I don't know what the list is off the top, but I remember watching the game yesterday and they were talking about it after one of his one of his rushes. Name any other Baltimore Ravens running back in the history of time. We got Ray Rice. We got uh, Alex Collins. Okay. We got Willis McGahee. That was one. That, Jamal Lewis. Jamal Lewis. Come on, bro. Willis McGahee is probably number one. Jamal, Jamal Lewis. But that's crazy good for Gus Edwards, yeah. man. Like... Not a lot of running backs in this. He's playing the backup role. I have a fun fact for you. Good. Um, who has more touchdowns this season? Deron Bland or Tony Pollard? Well, Deron Bland got what? Two pick sixes? He's got three. Three so pick sixes. Three pick sixes on the season for the Cowboys. I feel like it's him. Deron Bland has more touchdowns than Tony Pollard. Yo, that's crazy. Pollard was like a first-round pick in fantasy leagues, too. Oh, my God. People, People were <laughs> bidding on him, too. Yo, st- go into that game real quick. How many times have you seen that Matthew Stafford pick six? dude? On the, an out route that's so underthrown. It's- the amount of pick sixes that he has, I need to like put go and watch all of them. Because, bro, I, I feel like it's like half of them are... The out route to the left side of the field. Yep. And he throws it behind the receiver and it just gets housed. Easy pick sixes. Those are momentum pick sixes where they get like a head of steam running forward on the undercut. It's like, it's like when you're at practice and you practice the pick six, (laughs) like you're practicing what it should look like if the guy throws it behind (laughs) you. And that's exactly what it looked like, dude. That's it was, it was crazy. Shout out to some of the people in the chat. Uh, Fox 32 mode says, let's go Broncos, baby. How the hell did this defense give up 70? Yeah, that's what we were talking about, how the defense the last couple of weeks has really gotten it together. Right. Devontae Adams is not being traded. The Raiders have already said that. No one ever trades in division. Priest Holmes, former Raven. Wow, Priest Holmes. Wow. Priest Holmes was the first dude yeah, I ever one. spent the first round pick on in fantasy. When I got into fantasy, it was like 02, 03. Mm-hmm. I was young. I didn't know anything. I think I took a quarterback like second round or some shit, but I remember my cousin like walking me through. He's like, yo, you got to take a running back first. Running back, running back, running back. So shout out, to, shout out to Priest Holmes. Yeah. Um, the other game I wanted to discuss with you is uh, actually staying, staying with the Titans. Titans Falcons. Arthur, you text me. Arthur Smith. He's fed up, bro. Arthur Smith, if you listen to the show, you got to holler at us, man. We would love to have you on the show. Because we saw that you got fed up with Desmond Ritter. And at halftime, you pulled the trigger and said, he ain't going back out there, bro. Taylor Heineke season. And immediately the team just kind of like looked a little better, just flowed better. Now, it's not a permanent thing. But it, 
But Why that's not? when it starts, right? Like the yeah. moment that you lose your, your your chance. Yeah. It's like the the writing's on the wall. I said this in the pregame show or the preseason show where, man, Taylor Heineke was one of the key acquisitions that went under the radar that he led the commanders to a playoff. Did he lead him to a playoff win? I know he led him to the playoffs. Impressive enough with that commanders team. And he's been sitting on the bench behind a quarterback who's been throwing games. Good on Taylor Heineke. I'm, I'm glad that Arthur Smith, like finally, the favorite, my favorite thing that Arthur Smith does is this right here, Nick. He's watching like this. He's just so upset at the world because his team just fucking sucks. My, uh, one of my, <clears throat> one of my old, uh, fucking not classmates, my dad's old players. Mm -hmm is a coach for the Falcons. Whoa, that's dope. Yeah. Helps out the the D-line. Okay. Yeah. So maybe we can, uh, maybe Arthur Smith will one day be here. Yeah, I say ask. we do it, bro. Allen, Allen covers the Falcons also. I think like we might be becoming a Falcons podcast, but like slandering the Falcons in a way. Like, come on, bro. Like we can't put out Paul Crew. <laughs> to go play quarterback with you guys. Like, we can't be having that shit, man. You Paul know what I'm saying? Uh, shout out to Ryan Nugent. He says, let's go, Lamb. Shout out to you, man, watching the stream. I appreciate you all watching the stream. Um, what other game you want to talk about, bro? What What else from the weekend that you liked? How about my Saints finally piecing it together? 511 total yards on offense. We've been doing this week in and week out. However, man, Nick, is it tough that... Taysom Hill and Alvin Kamara are our only scoring options. And we have Michael Thomas, Chris Olave, like Derek Carr should be able to be getting these guys touchdowns a lot easier. But instead, we know that like similar to the Eagles running the tush push, when the Saints have the ball five yards and in, Taysom Hill's coming into quarterback and we're running a quarterback power left, quarterback power right. Is it the worst thing in the world? No, because it works. But God damn, is that going to be really predictable come end of the season and teams are really stacking the box and everybody knows the play actions you run off of it? Well, I'm smiling because you saw they let him throw yesterday and what happened? He threw a pick. Yeah. So it's like, boy, when you get in there, we're running power, <laughs> power eye behind the fullback, Taysom Hill, and you're getting your seven to eight yards. He and that's it. You're not throwing anymore. Man, I, I said earlier in the year, like, we need to stop putting him in that position because although it works, it's not what our offense needs. And I still feel the same way. And there's a there's a funny quote from this game. By the way, Taylor Heineke lost to Tampa. First playoff performance. But remember, he scored the touchdown where he dove in. Yes. And, and all the players were like pointing to the back of his jersey. Yeah. My, my yeah. buddy Josh, shout out to Josh. Moment. He's been on the pod many, many times in the past. He's a huge Washington fan. Uh, not our Josh. Mm -hmm. I have another friend, Josh, back home. Wow. And he was like all in on Heineke. He's like, bro, the guy's like playing for him. Like that shouldn't matter, dude. Yes. You ever played sports with someone and you just love playing with them? It's a Baker Mayfield situation where it it's is, just yeah. like. And you're going to get, and you're going to get opportunities because guys gravitate to you. But, but go on, what was your. Guys talk. Yeah. Guys talk in the locker room and they put it in the ears of the coaches. For sure. That shit helps. Absolutely. Um, so. This was Derek Carr after the game. All right. He says, gosh, it feels good to smile. I was at one place for nine years. If I got banged up, everyone in that building knew I was playing that Sunday. 
If I got upset, they knew where my heart was. But now I'm in a new place and new things are happening. You have to prove yourself. You have to show guys where you're coming from. You have to build new relationships. That was something I put on my heart this week. I tried not to be so emotional. Tell me that doesn't sound like the most emotional answer you've ever heard in your entire life. Yeah. And also that's a lot of shots towards Vegas. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It's an emotion. Derek Carr is emotional. I need him to embrace being emotional, but you can't literally say a paragraph of words. And then at the end of that, say, I tried not to be so emotional this Mm. week. It's like, that's not what you just did there. I was pretty emotional. Yeah. He's a weird player. He is, man. He is. But they're also a weird team too. So it kind of like fits. Right? Like they should be better, right? <laughs> We're are we the laughing stock of the league? The Saints? Yeah. Nah, definitely not. But like my team is like embarrassment of riches. No, Tommy DeVito, we didn't even touch on him. He looks like a DeVito. He looks like every white Italian kid I knew growing up. Just big like chin. During during like the Jersey Jersey Shore era. Yeah. That's Tommy DeVito, bro. Yeah. There's even a video of him just fist bumping with gold <laughs> chains on. Probably smelling like Axe body spray. Remember Axe body spray? The best. Double that's, pitch to Chesty. That's uh, Mike the Situation and Paulie D vibes for sure. And that was our start. That was our quarterback yesterday in relief. So who got it worse than us? Nobody. Ah, yeah. Panthers. The Panthers finally won. I know we don't want to spend too much, but I mean, that, that was the only game that the Panthers really could win on their schedule. Yeah. And what's interesting about that is they were coming off a bye. It was the it was a game that was winnable for them. Mm-hmm. It was a game we actually put in the contest. Kenny and I. Kenny loved the Panthers, and you know, oftentimes like it's easier after the fact. Mm-hmm. But then when you really think about it, even while the game was going on, like bro, it's C.J. Stroud. Do we trust them as a three and a half point favorite on the road against a team coming off a bye? And what's interesting about Carolina, just monitoring moving forward, they have no incentive to tank, bro. That's it. They don't got no first round pick. They're, they are the best worst team in the league. No, I think they're definitely. They're the, one of them. Yeah. But I also don't think that they're a one in six team. Who do you think is better, them or the Cardinals? Oh, dude, Arizona's. Arizona, listen, Arizona that covered. That would be a competitive game. Yeah, Arizona covered Ursalita for us. Arizona's done well for us in the past. Arizona was uh, one of the wins that the New York Giants had. So even they delivered for the boy there too. They actually just benched Josh Dobbs, which I don't really understand why. Are you now going into tank mode? I think that's the only way that you justify that. But they got a a game this weekend that they're playing on the road against Cleveland. Arizona's an eight-point underdog. I'll tell you this much. They are going to be Ursulita again this week if they would have went with Dobbs because I like Dobbs for, for them. Oh, I I that I thought you were about to say they're going to be Ursulita this week. I was like, oh no 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 no! no. I no, love no. the Browns there in that spot. I want to uh, I want to talk to you about something that I feel like people. It's not just a football thing; it's just like a life thing. People want uh, changes. People want things to stop being a certain way, mm-hmm. and then another option comes in, and mm-hmm. it's even worse. Where I'm going with this is everybody hated the tush push. And now they did that sweep. Oh, yeah. The brotherly sweep, which is like, oh, my God. If the tush push was bad to stop, enjoy now. Yeah. Fourth and one, a walk-in touchdown for DeAndre Swift. Where the whole time, every time I watch the tush push, I'm like, yo, what can they do out of that? Can they do that, like, Tebow pass? 
like the jump pass. Yeah. Yes. Or, or like, is there like a jet sweep and they just faked it, handoff, two guys pulling, GGs, walk-in touchdown for DeAndre Swift. So everybody that was complaining about the tush push, now enjoy stopping this. And go tune in and watch Air Force this upcoming weekend because that is the goal line package for the Eagles for the next five years. They are going to evolve that into fullback dive, triple option with Jalen Hurts. They're going to evolve that into jet sweep motion with A.J. Brown, with him throwing it back to Jalen Hurts. They're going to get drafty with this shit. But it's going to be a wing T offense just like Air Force. Yeah, it was ridiculous, man. So it's, I love it. Sirianni, like he, he's got the boys playing good. And yo, are they? Are they playing good? Here's the thing. They decided to pass first against the the commanders this uh, past Sunday. And that's not their identity. And I had even brought it up on this show. I was like, you know what I need to see the Eagles do? I need to see them use their weapons more. Mm. And then I saw what happens when they try to force feed the pass and they don't necessarily establish the run. That's not their MO. Like they win games by controlling the clock and running the ball. And you know, it's similar to the the 49ers, but they win when they are controlling the clock a majority of the time. The last game I want to touch on before we let you go and uh, do a Patreon read before Kenny, before Kenny joins us. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think of Jacksonville, bro? I feel oh, like Jacksonville yeah. is just a quiet six and two. They're tied for the best record in the AFC. They've been hot, right? They're on a winning streak. Yeah. Uh, Etienne is now like a top five running back in the league. You, you got to think that that's the best thing that Urban Meyer did for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Draft Lawrence and him? Yeah. Yeah. Because Etienne is a running back that I, after watching him this past uh, weekend, I was like, yeah, this dude's worth it. Like he's got low mileage, right? If we're going to look at running backs like cars, low mileage, newer model. He's got autopilot. He's going to get 26 carries a game. And then he's also really good at picking up blitzes. If you watch him, like, you know, that that's an underrated thing that uh, a lot of people don't pay attention to with running backs. But he's, like, got that all-around package. I compare him most to Alvin Kamara with power. Mm. Like, he's not afraid in the open field to lower the shoulder in a spot where Alvin Kamara might, like, glide off of somebody and go out of bounds. Like Travis Etienne is going to make you feel him. And I think it would be sick to see a brother combo in the NFL. You know, his brother plays at Florida. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, and he's really good too. Like, so like, what if they both played for Jacksonville? That'd be nuts. Keep yeah, it, it keep it close to home for real. One, two combo. Yeah. Tristan says he was wondering when they were going to get involved with sweeps for the tush push because everyone is stacking the box on those plays. And yeah, that's exactly it, man. Like enjoy that. <laughs> enjoy trying to stop that one. Cause it's only going to get worse because, oh, because you know, there's going to be a, a double reverse out of that. There's going to be a, you know, a pass. I mean, here's the thing. You, they haven't even started hitting other gaps. It's an, they've always just gone straight up the center. Right. Yeah. But what happens when Jalen hurts is now attacking the B gap? Yeah. And everyone is pinching down and he literally walks in on a, on a sneak. Like all that stuff is definitely in the cards. Um, 
what were we discussing before that comment though? We were talking about the, the Jaguars. Jackson. Yeah. Six and two. And I, you said it was a quiet six and two. Tell me the league didn't construct their schedule to be perfect. I, I, I was reading their upcoming games. I know they have uh, the 49ers next, correct? Mm. Um, hold on, hold on, hold on. I had it. 49ers, Titans, Texans. So they will be nine and nine and two. Nine and three, eight and three around yeah. there. Still, yeah. still good. Still good. That seems terrifying. Yeah. Yeah. Well, their offense was never the issue. It was the defense. And it seems like the defense is, I don't know if they're making plays though, bro. Cause they played some really shitty teams. And like, I don't know what's up with Pittsburgh. We're going to talk about Pittsburgh in a second. Cause I know uh, Kenny is on, but George, I want to give people a chance to follow you mm-hmm. before we get into Patreon. Let the people know where they can find you. You can follow me at Mr. George Carmona on all social media platforms. I am about to go to the premiere of The Ghost Hunt that I filmed uh, or I was the cameraman on two weeks ago on uh, Bizarre Junkies channel. So a link will be posted there to watch The Ghost Hunt for all you spooky fans. Um, And yeah, I'm doing a lot of cool stuff all the time. It's a pleasure as always, Nick, to come in here. You got the Cocoa Love Water, right? Yeah, I do. Okay. I got it down here. I appreciate you bringing some gifts. Of course. Of course. And then, you know, now that I know I can start stacking on the Bengals for you, if I Mm. see them at a good number, I may just be like, hey, Nick. I love it. Add to the pot. I love it. All right. Let's get into Patreon before we have Kenny join us. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Big ups to the members of the Patreon. We are at 82 members. Go and sign up. You have today and tomorrow to be eligible for the sneaker giveaway. We're giving away two pairs of sneakers to two members of the Patreon for the month of October. You just need to be a Patreon member, honestly, for the month of October. Patreon.com slash Veterans Minimum. We got Mahul Patel, Abel Rezin, Ben Kotsian, Christopher Velasquez, Derek Platies, Dylan Chadwick, Jerry Shapiro, Jordan Riley, Mike Stevens. Mike Wozniak, Thomas Robinson, and Nick Crummich. Thank you all for your contributions to the Patreon. It goes a long way to building the show. We have a $5 tier. You get all the betting picks that either Kenny and I put in the contest, any bets that I'm making, anytime touchdowns, UFC, soccer, the whole nine. Whenever I make my future bets, I put them in there too. We got a $10 tier where you'll be eligible for any giveaway that we do. The $20 tier, you get shout outs, you get discount 
on merch at the merch store, merchandise.veteransminimum.com. Then the $40 tier, honestly, if you're in the $40 tier, you're just a crazy son of a bitch. And we love you a lot for being in that tier. But it's patreon.com slash veteransminimum. To support the show, we're at 82 members. We would love to get to 100 by the Super Bowl. So head on over and, yeah, support the show and uh, show us some love. And with all that being said, coming off a guaranteed winning week in Circa, we're sitting at 3-1. and one. We got the Lions tonight at minus 9. We are going to be guaranteed to be back at 500 in the contest. My guy Kenny bets big. Joining us on the other line. Kenny, what's good, bro? What's up, man? Happy to be back on the show. We uh it's a big game for us going on right now. Yeah, what do we do? You have the game on? What are, what are we at? Yeah, it's uh it's three nothing lions. All right, right all now. right. Could be worse. Could be worse. <laughs> Dude, I wanna start by saying we went three and one. Obviously, we got the lines tonight waiting for that. Uh, the contest picks that we had, as I pull them up right now, the contest picks were Eagles minus two and a half. No, that was uh, the week before. Oh, that was the week before. Sorry, sorry. It was uh, Steelers plus two and a half. Lost on that one. Then you were all in on the Panthers plus three. Ursalita came through for the boys plus nine and a half. The Arizona Cardinals. The Bengals plus three and a half. And like we said, we got the Lions at minus nine. What surprised you from our bets? Um, The NFL, man, undefeated, you know, like, <laughs> dude. And I love how when when that Cardinals game was going on, neither of us texted each other because we knew we both were thinking it like, dude, <laughs> the Cardinals going for two there is, is was massive for us. Right. Covering that game. Um. Yeah, I mean, you you watch some of these things that happen week to week, and it's like, wh- why are they doing that? Th- like, why did the Cardinal like, you know what I mean? It's like they're some some of the things. It's like they're almost directly trying to just cover spreads. It feels like that sometimes, bro. It feels like that. Like even uh, like going back many weeks ago when we talked about it with the Niners and the Rams. Like he's kicking the field goal. It's like, bro, he got to know that he's kicking the field goal for someone that got the hook. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's like the the famous, you know, who, who, who was his name? Al Michaels, right? Well, that mattered for some people, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That game is now over. And it's like, it just went over the total. He was always doing stuff like that. Yeah, it was interesting, but bro. I do. I was going to say, like, hold on, I was going to say, coming down, if we do win this, man, the Cardinals, that's twice the Cardinals have saved us, right? The Zacherts dropping the touchdown, which we covered when we faded them. And then for them to get the two-point conversion, get the onside kick, and then play for the right game. Like I texted you, you know, they're, they're playing for the right game out there. Like to kick the field goal. Because some coaches realize, like, dude, this game's over. Like there's no point in us kicking this field goal. Like let's just run it out. Um, but no, they, they kicked it for us. Oh, man. It felt so good, bro, to finally be on the right side of one of those. Because I've, I've been on the other end where – you know, my team is, maybe my team is a 10 and a half point favorite. And they're up like, you know, they're up like 20. And the team goes, they kick the field goal. And then maybe it's a quick three and out or it's an onside. And then before you know it, they're down to 10. And you're like, fuck, that half a point right there got me. So it felt good to be on that side. 
I, uh, I was blown away by that. I couldn't believe it. I didn't want to text you. Um, I know in the past we've always texted beforehand. Um, you mentioned the Cardinals. I mean, dude, also like, I know we didn't put them in the contest, but like, we've been pretty spot on with Miami, like when to take Miami and when not to take Miami. Like again, Miami just covers a game that they probably had no business covering. Um, it was going back and forth and you always felt like the back door was going to come there with the Patriots. Again, we didn't put them in the contest, but you know, we were on them when they played the, we were against them when they played the bills and the Eagles. We've been, we've talked about them a couple of times. Sometimes we've hated ourselves for not putting them in the contest, but you know, sometimes the, the chalk hits man and Miami's just been a cover machine and that's going to continue. Yeah. We, we were going to put Miami instead of the lions and we, we, we decided on the lions there for that one. So yeah, it's uh, a lot of the games we were talking about though, you know, we, the Titans, mm -hmm. um, that one, that one would have covered. Um, so yeah, the, this one, as long as we get the Lions here, we're, you know, four and one, I'll, t I'll take that. We're sitting pretty, you know, speaking of the Dolphins though, there's a, there's a big one coming up this week. Obviously, you know, I'm sure, I'm sure you got that one on your radar. Who, uh, who, who you, who you leaning on in that way? I'm leaning on Kansas city, bro. Do you feel the same way? Is this a, is this an early Monday winner for us? Or are you, are you looking elsewhere? Yeah. I kind of feel like, you know, the Chiefs anytime, especially when we've heard the only thing that worries me is we've heard so much at nauseum over the last few weeks, how the Dolphins have not beaten any good teams. And it's almost like just kind of setting up for that talk of the town type, you know, story narrative that you that you always talk about, uh, where the Dolphins, maybe everyone kind of jumps ship on them that that week and, and they surprise some people. But it, it's hard to bet against Patrick Mahomes getting under a field goal in, in any game, no matter who he's playing. So I'm glad that you brought that up. Mahomes in his career as a favorite under three points. Right now, the line is at minus two and a half. It's important to note that this game is going to be in Germany. Mahomes is 19, six and one as a favorite against the number as a three point under uh, three point favorite or less. And now factor in they're coming off a loss. His resume off a loss is just as good as those numbers I just read. And again, in my notes, I had Miami don't beat anyone good. So I'm leaning towards Kansas City coming off the loss. He finally loses on the road in division for the first time in his career. Again, it's uh, I'd feel a lot better if this game was in Kansas City. But it's going to be kind of a neutral game over there in Germany. No, yeah, for sure. And I mean... I hate that the NFL has put one of this is probably one of the best games all season. Like yeah. why, why is it at a 9am on a, a Sunday morning? But I mean, looking at the slate, cause you know, I, I was kind of, you know, looking ahead, seeing who I, who I'm going to give out for the Monday winners. There's some really good games this week. You know, I, I know you're probably going to be all over the, the Cowboys Eagles as a Giants fan. You're probably keying in on that one. Yeah. I don't know. It, it feels weird that they're, they're minus two and a half right now on wager attack and wager attack is the official odds provider for veterans minimum. If you head on over to wagerattack.com right now, use the promo code VM. You still have until November 1st to get a 200% match deposit. I've taken advantage of it. Kenny's taking advantage of it. You have to take advantage of these bonuses. Wagerattack.com use the promo code VM. And with the Monday winners, Kenny, they got them at minus two and a half, bro. Doesn't it feel a little fishy? That was what jumped out to me. Nah, man. I, I actually was listening to a clip of you uh, talking earlier 
about how no one's going into Philly and winning. Bro, the, the Cowboys are not <laughs> – they ain't winning that game, dog. Uh, I, I think this is very similar to the, the the Dolphins game, you know, what was that, two weeks ago now? I just think the Eagles are going to fucking dominate the Cowboys all over the field, and Cowboy fans are going to be humbled and brought back to reality very quickly, just like they are every single season, right? How many – we've seen this story out of the Cowboys almost every year that I can remember being a football fan, and – I just don't think the way the Cowboys play style-wise matches up very well for the Eagles. I agree with you. I agree with you. There was no chance in hell that I'm taking the Cowboys in this if it's under a field goal for Philly. Um, I think the line might move in in the other way. They might get to three and a half, four. I would bet this right away. If you're listening to this now on the live stream, head on over to Wager Attack and make this bet right away. Because, uh, yeah, the more you're talking about it, Kenny, I really like it. One thing, one thing that I was looking at, bro, is I was looking at the slate. I feel like this week we should just target the best teams. Like, yeah. like what, what are you thinking there? Like, what's your angle? I'm thinking Kansas City under a field goal, Philly under a field goal, the Bengals under a field goal. They're playing Buffalo in Cincinnati Sunday night football. That's kind of what I'm leaning towards, man. Like the good, just just take the stop overthinking it so much and just take the take the better teams and the good teams. You know, good teams win, great teams cover. I think that's the angle that I might be looking at for week nine. Yeah. No, yeah. I mean, I, I'm I'm not opposed to that. Like, it, even, even Chargers-Jets, right? Like, that's a super sketchy line. But I, I got no problem taking the Chargers minus two and a half, minus three there. Right? I don't see them losing that game. I mean, obviously, it's the NFL. We, we know any given Sunday, anything can happen out there. But... Yeah, I mean, that's a must-win. That's kind of Charger season kind of floating in the balance, you know, like they got to win that game. Uh, so, yeah, I, I like even that spot for the Chargers. One one sneaky one that I like, what do you think of the Seahawks plus five and a half at, at Baltimore? I like that one too. If we were going to take a dog, that's one that definitely jumped out to me also. Dude, Seattle's good, man. I wasn't buying into Seattle, but Seattle's, you know, right now they're top of the division. And I got I got them to win the division. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, yeah. I, I put that in before the season, and uh, I, I put um, a, l- a little bit bigger of a bet on them to make the playoffs. I was high on Seattle coming into the season. You know, th- you look at their team last year, uh, they add Jackson Smith and Jigba, so you give Geno Smith another offensive threat out there. They had, you know, the running back who – did he win rookie of the year last year? Or he almost won it? I think he won it, right? Uh, No, Garrett Wilson won it, but he was, like, in oh, the yeah, discussion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, and they had the the dude who almost won defensive rookie of the year. I yeah, Tariq Woolen. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. So they had a great draft last year, another good draft this year, and you know Pete Carroll. You say what you want about him, but he he's a great coach, man. He gets his guys fired up out there. So yeah, five and a half. I think that's a field goal game either way. Yeah, that one definitely was one that jumped out to me, and and you know last was it last week or the week before, bro, where we said that, um. It just feels weird backing someone giving these many points like PJ Walker as an eight and a half point favorite against Arizona. And especially like, look, they just benched Josh Dobbs. Kyler Murray is in the mix to maybe start. That's just a lot of points, bro, for a PJ Walker led team to be laying to anybody. Like eight and a half Arizona. They've been kind to us. I don't know. I might um, when I call you on Friday and Saturday, I might have some Arizona love in my eyes, bro. 
<laughs> dude i think if we like we talked about it on last show man the cardinals i don't i don't know if they're undefeated against the spread but they're they have a really good record against the spread that's for sure so dude i'm down to ride with the cardinals again for sure for for sure what, what do you think is this week's ursulita what would you say that game is it might be arizona bro you think it might be Arizona, yeah, especially with them benching Dobbs. But they covered last week, right? So, like, is it that gross? There isn't really a gross, gross dude, one. I, it might be the Packers, bro. Packers <laughs> again? The Packers look bad, dude. It's so bad. Yeah. Well, that line could get out of hand if, you know, they said he has a UCL tear in his hand. Stafford, that is. So, that line could get out of hand. Maybe bet that now. Um, yeah, they looked awful. Um, I saw some reports saying that like my, Matt LaFleur might be a guy whose job is on the hot seat now. Um, but yeah, that was one, that was one that jumped out to me, uh, was Arizona, I should say. And then the, the other one is like, man, the saints has a seven and a half point favorite. Chicago just got embarrassed on, on Sunday night football. I don't know. That one kind of look, looked a little gross, right? Because we're going for Ursulita needs to be gross and disgusting. And I think that one kind of checks a lot of boxes. Right. No, no, yeah. I, I know what you mean by that. Yeah, you, you, you mentioned Matt LaFleur. Dude, <clears throat> at what point do we start, you know, as fans or sports media people, like, you know, we talk a lot about like coaching, like, you know, you and I love the Mike Tomlin angle as like underdog and coming off the loss. But at what point do we start to realize, like, maybe these guys were really just products of the players and the team that they were coaching? Like, Belichick has not been Bill Belichick since Tom Brady left. LaFleur looks like a shell of himself this year without Aaron Rodgers. You know, what, what, do, you, what do you make of that? Well, it comes down to the old debate of is it the, is it the player, is it the system, right? The system being the coach. I've always been pro player. Like, I feel like, yeah, your system looks good when you got Tom Brady, bro. When you got Pat Mahomes, when you got Aaron Rodgers. Like, yeah, that's why your system works, right? Let's go over to the NBA real quick. Everybody wants to shoot threes and play like Golden State. But you know what? Everybody don't have the two best shooters of all time in the backcourt to have your system and to be able to go and put up 53 pointers a game because you know that 20 of them are high percentage threes because of those two. So... I think there's something to that for sure. I think that players always make the system better. Yeah. No, yeah, because uh, <clears throat> LaFleur is one of those guys, you know, there's all those trends supporting him, how great of a coach he is. And, I mean, the Packers, that was one of the games we were talking about. You know, we, we both kind of like the Packers. The line was screaming Packers last week. But I think I said to you, dude, I haven't – I've watched the Packers play one game and they did not look good at all out there. And uh, judge, judge them. I didn't watch the game this past weekend, but judging by the score, they didn't look good again. Yeah, they definitely the Jordan Love video that I shot that I said that uh, the Packers are going to have three straight Hall of Fame quarterbacks. Might have to go back and uh, maybe delete that one, but it did pretty well on social. <laughs> that was a rough look. Hey, man, I want to yeah, mention I want to mention something real quick. Uh, you mentioned the spreads for teams. The four best teams against the number this year, the Jaguars and Dolphins are six and two. The Lions, Cowboys are five and two. And then you got the Jets and Seahawks at four, two and one. And then our 
Arizona Cardinals are at four and four against the number, but they're one in one in seven overall. So yeah, they're they're a good team against the number, not as good a team. Straight up, I want to end the show with this, Kenny, and I text you about this. I want to play a, a little little game here. I've mentioned some of the bets that I put uh, this week and last week from a future standpoint, and I want to just get your uh, professional better analysis and tell me what you think it is. There's a couple. Okay. I took Chiefs Eagles to be the Super Bowl at plus eight fifty. What do you think of that? I don't like it just because I don't think we get a repeat. Um, I don't, I'll I'll wait to actually I don't want to spoil it, but I was just I do kind of like the Eagles at the NFC. Um, I think when it comes down to it, they're just they're and you know if they're fully healthy, their the way their team is built and their style of football that they play, uh, it's built for playoff football, right? Like they can really run the ball, take the air out of the ball, keep it, those good courting good quarterbacks on the opposing team on the sideline. Um, and they could also throw the ball all over the field and score quickly if they need to. So uh, I, I think the Eagles out of the NFC is is a strong, strong likelihood for sure. Yeah. And that was something that I was talking about last week, how I feel like I've seen enough in the NFC that if everybody's healthy and especially now, if you think about it, like they have a two game lead over everyone in the, in the NFC. Um, obviously they haven't had the bye week yet. So it's really like a game and a half that they have a lead on, but you got to imagine like San Francisco ain't going in there and winning Detroit's not going to be a, a dome team to go in there and win. I don't trust Seattle to go in there and win. Like, yeah, is it any given Sunday can weird shit happen for sure. But I just think at the NFC, like I'm just based on my bets, I'm just banking on them to go back to the Super Bowl. And then I got Eagles Ravens at 20 to one. How do you feel about that one? I feel like that one might get you a little excited because you were on the Ravens coming in. Yeah, look at that smile. Yeah, yeah, he loving yeah. it. That, that, uh... <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, that one. Uh, so I'll, I'll say this: uh, the Ravens were one of my preseason picks for to win the Super Bowl. Like I have some bets on them to you know win the AFC, win the Super Bowl. Um, I don't know if 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 I had if you know gun to my head right now and I had to pick a team in the AFC, it wouldn't be the Ravens. Um, but I, I wouldn't be shocked if they do if they get there either. Um, they're probably like my third choice out of the AFC. My other one, Eagles Bengals thirty two to one. Yeah, I like that one a lot. Um, so I think, and what do you would you do you agree with me on this? I think the winner of the Bengals Bills game on Sunday is going to be the. AFC side of the Super Bowl. I only agree if it's Cincinnati and not even because of the bets. I just don't trust. Look, I think, I think the bills, the issue is that some of the injuries on defense have been a big reason why they've been struggling the last couple of weeks. Milano's been out. They lost Tredavious White. He's not coming back at all. Milano should come back. They lost a couple of people on in the secondary also. The D-line, you know, they're getting Von Miller back. They're ushering him back in slowly, slowly. But I think I think the Bills need another weapon on offense. They need someone reliable other than Stephon Diggs to go out there and have a big game. Like Gabe Davis, he'll pop off like once every six, seven games. But that's not like reliable, right? Like they need that slot guy. I would love for them to go and get Adam Thielen. I feel like that's exactly the kind of player that Buffalo would need. I think that. I really think it's one of these three teams out the AFC. I'm not buying Miami. I think like 
they're a team that does really well in the regular season. And then when it gets cold out, they got to go up in Buffalo. They got to go play in Kansas City or somewhere outdoors. It might be an issue for them. And Chiefs, Ravens, Bengals, I got out the AFC. And then I just partnered them all up with the Eagles. So that's where that's where I feel the strongest about in the NFC with with them. And then with everyone else in the AFC, those are the three teams that I think are, I would go out and say head and shoulders above everyone else. Yeah. Would, would you agree with me that the, um, the Miami Dolphins would be like the NFL version of the Houston Rockets, right? When like James Harden was, was there. Yeah. Just great regular season team, great offense, put up a ton of points, fun to watch, but when it matters most, they're just going to fall a little short. Um, yeah, I, I don't see Tua beating Mahomes or, you know, Josh Allen or Burrow. I just don't see them beating them in the playoffs. Yeah, I feel the same way. And I think that's a great, great comparison, bro. I was going to go back a little further to like the Suns teams, right? Because like yeah, exactly. Tua, Tua yeah, Tua is, uh, yeah, Dan Tony, right? Tua is a MVP candidate. Tyree Kills having a monster season, right? And then like the Suns were just, winning 50 games a year. No one had seen a team shoot that many threes. And then when it came down to it, it's like, oh, the Spurs always beat them in the playoffs or the Lakers always beat them in the playoffs. So yeah, that's that's how I feel, man. And, and look, we're about like halfway through the year. I feel like we've seen enough to have an understanding of like who's good and who's not. And for me, I really think it's, I really think it's those four teams. Like the NFC, I still like San Francisco. But I think the only reason why I don't like them as much as Philly is because Philly's in the driver's seat to be the one seed. You ain't going into Philly and beating them, bro. You're not doing that. And I know Brock got hurt last year and we'll wait and see, but nah, they play each other in a couple of weeks. So that's going to be interesting. Yeah, that, uh, that, that's going to be a big game. That, that, that will tell us a little bit. Um, you know, maybe the, maybe the Niners have hit their, you know, their struggle point at the right time, as opposed to, you know, getting it out of the way early, as opposed to kind of towards the end of the season. But yeah, I, I love, I love the way the field, the Eagles are built, man, that GM and, you know, the coaching staff, they did a fucking a really good job. Obviously like look at their drafts the last few years, just stacked with Georgia Bulldogs all over the field. That's uh, they're, they're a really good team. We'll see. We'll see how it plays out. I think we've narrowed it down to the, the teams that we really like. I'm excited for this week. Um, even though some of the games are unwatchable, we have a couple bangers. I'm pissed I got to wake up at 6 a.m. to watch the Germany game, but that might be the game of the yeah, week. The or, yeah, tough, they yeah. Uh, they didn't have you in mind when they when they scheduled that game at 9 a.m. East Coast time. What uh, if if Mahomes wins? If Mahomes gets to and wins another Super Bowl this year, right? I mean, it's crazy to say because it's still so early and he still can do so much. But do you think that puts him like? I mean, he already, he already might be, but do you, do you think that puts him at, like, the greatest of all time level right there? Me, personally, I've already said, like, two years ago that he's the GOAT. Everyone's going to argue about the rings, and it's hard not to, right? Like, that is, it's the, it's the MJ LeBron thing always, right? Like, oh, he got six, he got four. Like, he's going to have to get, I feel like he's going to have to get four rings, to, to be in that conversation. I don't know if he's going to get seven, bro. Like seven is, there's never going to be another dude like Brady because Brady was also at the time, his wife was like the bread getter in the family. So she was making like a hundred million dollars a year. So he was taking pay cuts in order for, oh, let's go get Randy Moss. Let's keep Edelman. Let's keep all these guys. 
dude, he was like the, the 19th most expensive quarterback against the cap every year. And I know the Patriots would do some loopholes and like, oh yeah, he gets this $30 million signing bonus under the table every June 1st or whatever it might be. But then he'd be like a $17 million quarterback. I don't know if there's ever going to be a guy that's going to be like that with his contract to enable the rest of the team to get paid and to keep the guys. I feel like Mahomes has made because Mahomes has made like fuck you money times a hundred already, right? Like the guy owns baseball teams now. Like he, yeah, (laughs) dude, these guys signed for half a bill, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, dude, when when you get half a bill, bro, you never have to earn another dollar in your life. Uh, so I feel like Mahomes, even after this contract, he's put himself in a position to where he could take, he could work for the league minimum and he he's, he's set. Yeah. I mean, bro, it's, I think already, like you just look at the six year run that he's been on. It's, it's up there with anyone, if not better, right? Multiple MVPs, yeah. multiple Super Bowls, multiple, you know, he's, he's been to three Super Bowls. So half the years he's been in the league, he's been to a Super Bowl. Um, I, I mean, my personal opinion, he's already the greatest quarterback I've ever seen. He's not the most accomplished, and that's where it's going to be a debate. Yeah, it's it's funny because the Jordan-LeBron debate, it's so similar with the Brady-Mahomes debate where uh, – so one, I'm a Patriots fan. Tom Brady will forever be number one in my heart, right? But watching them play, there's no question Patrick Mahomes is a better football player out there, right? Oh, Same yeah. thing with basketball. LeBron James, you there's you can't watch them play the game and tell me that LeBron James is not a better basketball player, right? With passing, dribbling, defense, everything he can do. You can make the case Jordan was better. He did it first and, you know, that whole argument that goes into it. But when you're just like watching them play from a skill and, you know, the way they kind of move out there, like, yeah, no one, no one's Mahomes. Mahomes is one of one. Yeah, that's how I feel about that. That was a good way to, to wrap up this conversation, bro. It was good. Good little wrinkle. Put a bow on it. That's it, baby. Let's get let's get, uh, let's get four and one tonight, and uh, and and move move into what week nine next week with some momentum. Let's do it, man. We've been talking about this run, bro. We've been talking about this run. The Lions can help us go on this, uh, you know, this like sixteen three and one kind of run to get us back in uh, the top of the charts. I feel it. It's a uh, fourth and goal. They're about to go up six, nothing, I think. Yeah, they got the oh, shout out to Brian. I just noticed it. They put the game on there in the in the room. Perfect timing. Oh, let's go. The sky cam is back. Let's get it, man. That's pretty dope. Get it, man. Uh Kenny, All let right, the people know. Next. Let the people know before you go uh where they can find you. Uh Kenny Bets Big, all socials, Instagram, X. Uh don't got a TikTok, but who who wants TikTok anyway? Uh and then here, right, right here every Monday with uh with with the lovely Nick Dayas. Let's go, man. Let's go. At Nick Dayas Tenders, you can find me. All things veterans minimum are at veteransminimum.com and also just at veterans minimum. And we'll catch you guys next time on the show. I'm a gold medalist, bronze like your medalist. So many deer in headlights, but it's bedtime. Hear that supper bell, main course, beat of venison. Zab. The most dangerous game. Either kill or be killed. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. 
Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.